This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 30 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am, as the announcer said, your host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, whether or not they're podcasting substantive law or something else. My guest today is doing the, the former. Uh, his, he's guard, <laughs> easy for me to say. He is Guy DiMartino, a lawyer who serves victims and families of victims in uh, a fatal and serious accidents, medical malpractice, and similar kinds of things. What separates him from most other civil litigators is that he has a background in healthcare. Before becoming an attorney, he had a growing practice as a doctor of chiropractic. So he brings a deeper and broader knowledge of anatomy, physiology, and a hands-on understanding of personal injury, people's injuries. He's licensed as a lawyer and practices in both Florida and Indiana. But we're going to talk about podcasting today. Guy's podcast is called, aptly enough, the Personal Injury Law Podcast. Guy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Gordon. So tell me about your podcast. When did you get started with this? Well, I started a, a podcast even before this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I think I only made it to the seventh or eighth um, episode, and that was the Chiropractic Lawyer Podcast. I was having it was more of an interview format, and I was having. Uh, a lot of difficulty getting people scheduled and I don't have mm-hmm. the type of schedule where I can just hawk people. Yeah. So that sort of it is on hiatus right now, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still up and I'm, I'm still planning on, on doing that podcast. So that had to be sometime in 2014, okay. maybe like the spring of 2014. Okay. So a little over a year ago, we're doing this in July of 15. So, okay. Yes. And now the personal injury law podcast. The Personal Injury Law Podcast had to be at the end of 2014. Okay. I am 24 sessions into it, and I've pretty much been trying to put out a session every week. So we're about six months into it. Okay, cool. So what was it that first got you interested in podcasting for your practice? Well, I started listening to podcasts. I like long-form podcasts. Mm-hmm. When when I was practicing mostly in Florida – I lived in Central Florida, but I practiced you know, in South Florida. Oh, wow. So I would make that a two and a half hour commute twice a week to South Florida. Mm-hmm. And so long form podcasts were, were something that I really became interested in. I like, I can listen to a two hour podcast like a Tim Ferriss podcast where he just mm-hmm. drinks wine and talks about stuff that very in depth. So then I started listening to some podcasts that had to do with, uh, producing podcasts. I listened to the podcast Answer Man for a while and uh, some of the other online type of podcasts. Uh, and and then I got into it and I was looking at uh, possibly podcasting. And uh, so I looked at the podcast Answer Man, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft. He yeah. had an online course, but I thought that was a little too expensive for my blood. So I ended up taking an online course from Dave Jackson mm-hmm. at the School of Podcasting. Okay. I haven't heard much about that course. I know Dave, and, and I know it's a good program, but uh, I think you're the first person I've interviewed who refers to that as their source of information. So are you a techie guy, kind of a guy? Did it come easily to do it yourself and set it up, or how did you go about that? Well, I can handle computers, but I'm not really techie. 
you know, I'm okay at following directions, but I have difficulty troubleshooting. But I followed uh, Dave's procedure Mm -hmm. and I I muddle through it and, uh, you know, I've done okay. You know, I did, I do a lot of video work and I I learned Mm -hmm. over the years how to use like Premiere Pro and things like that. So I'm, I'm okay on the back end doing editing and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. But uh, for instance, if we couldn't set up the Skype today, I would have a, a difficulty. Yep. Troubleshooting and yeah, figuring troubleshooting it. Oh, okay. Interesting. So um, has it been a benefit to the practice? You're, you're what, six months into this one and you had a few other episodes in the can. Have you seen results? Well, I don't know what you consider results. You know, in my type of practice, I am looking for my avatar or my type of client. And I put out information either on a monologue basis or interviewing folks who I think would add to somebody who's looking for information regarding personal injury law. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I've had a direct response from the podcast, but it certainly is a source of information that I can direct clients or other folks who are, who are looking to hire a lawyer. I can direct them to this information and what they hear on my podcast, they'll hear if they sit in front of me in an office and have specific questions. So it's a little sort of pre-interview kind of content that they can access. Well, yeah, as you said, you know, to, to allow them to develop that no like and trust without having you sit there necessarily with them for a couple of hours uh, before that first uh, engagement, I guess. They, they sort of come in knowing more about you and having a better feel for you. Absolutely. And, and, that's, my, and that's my hope. You know, my, my avatar, the client that I'm looking for is not somebody who is in an accident or hurt and calls the first person that they see on the billboard mm-hmm. or the first person that they see on the TV. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's that I, I worked in that type of environment yeah. and that's not my ideal client. My ideal type of client is somebody who has been injured, did not think about hiring a lawyer and only decides to hire a lawyer sometime down the road because something has gone wrong with the insurance company they're dealing with or they learn from a doctor that something is seriously wrong. And then they go out on the internet and they talk to their friends and they try to educate themselves regarding either their medical condition or their specific uh, problem that they have. So I, I sort of want, I want clients who come from the back end, from the education type of model. So how do you optimize with episode titles and, and content to attract those kinds of folks? Well, I optimize the same way that I do on, on my blog. You know, I don't, you know, I've only have my podcast out on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have it on Stitcher or some of the others. So I optimize it through a, a blog post. And it's usually a question and answer format. Like the, my last two sessions had to do with, uh, number one, dealing with a drunk or alcohol in an accident. That was my first, that was session 23. And then session 24 followed up with, with that. If you're involved in some type of incident with somebody who, who's intoxicated, are there any other avenues of possible recovery? For instance, if a bar overserved the person mm-hmm. or things along those lines. So I, I think the title is something like, you know, can, who can be held responsible for an alcohol related injury? Are you, when you choose your topics, are you sort of thinking in terms of how are we going to, what are people going to search for when they've been in certain kinds of accident situations or injury situations? 
and uh, and then sort of aiming the content that way? I, I try to do that, but I also, you know, I, I talk about what I see every day in my practice. You know, so if I had a, a run on alcohol-related cases, you know, I'll, I'll start blogging and I'll start putting together some videos or some podcasts regarding, you know, the issues with alcohol in a personal injury matter. So addressing the questions that are actually coming up in your practice and theoretically that'll, that'll grow those kinds of matters. Yes. Great. Okay. So what were some of the hurdles? You, you mentioned you took Dave Jackson's uh, uh, instruction on how to get set up. What were some of the hurdles you've had to overcome in, in getting past episode seven, for example? <laughs> Well, the, the biggest hurdle, you know, has to do, you know, with time. Uh, when I, before I launched, I had probably 10 episodes in the can. So I had, I had some buffer because, you know, when you have a litigation practice and I travel back and forth to different states, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know you, you, I have those issues. And, and I try to do one interview a, a month, one mm-hmm. interview podcast a month. So some of the hurdles have been coordinating with folks regarding the interviews. You yeah. see, you're interviewing me, somebody who does podcasting. Sure. So I have the, the stuff yeah. to, uh, to, go with the, to go with the interview. Uh, a lot of my interviews I've been doing have been in person mm-hmm. with, with folks because a lot of folks don't have the stuff and they're not comfortable getting on Skype or doing a Google Hangout. So those have been the hurdles that I've uh, had to overcome. Mm-hmm. So, do you talk about that. You you meet with somebody in person. How do you? What do you do to record them? What what kind of gear are you using, and how do you go about it? Sure, I have two dynamic microphones, mm-hmm. two um, ATR Audio Technica. I think I I have the fifty five hundred, which is I believe the same thing as the the twenty one hundred yeah. or something like that. Black color instead of silver color, and a slightly different shape of the microphone but yeah right mm-hmm. and i use a, a digital voice recorder okay i use a, a zoom h4n mm-hmm. and uh so when i meet with the folks i i just plug the xlrs oh, okay. into the the zoom and it puts it on one track mm-hmm. but my voice has a tendency to trail off and i found with the dynamic microphone that um you know, the voices were not level. And so I had to do a lot of work and post mm-hmm. trying to level things out. So what I did is I bought a couple of preamps called Fetheads. Oh, yeah. And I plugged them into the bottom of the microphone. Mm-hmm. And that has just been so much easier. I don't have to worry about screaming into the microphone because of my voice. Gain. Yeah, that's smart move. Good. Yeah. And then when you do your show from your from your office, you you do Skype calls like we're doing today. Yeah, so I do Skype calls uh, in my home office in Florida. I have the whole setup with the arm, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a mixer there. So I occasionally I will use a mixer, gotcha. but I don't like getting too technical with you know multiple people and doing the whole mix minus thing yeah, and sure. doing all those things. Well, multiple points of failure, right? You, you have more chances to get it wrong. I can't troubleshoot it, you know, so if I get, if I have a problem, I have to like hire somebody or call somebody. So I'd rather just make it as easy as possible. Got it. So you said you, you do about one interview a month and the rest of your episodes are uh, lecture format, teaching instruction. Yes. Okay. Got it. How deeply substantive do you get when you're, you're this is a, this is a consumer facing or client facing uh, podcast. How deeply substantive do you get with things? Well, sometimes I get, 
I get pretty deep because I have a tendency to want deep content and things that I learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I started off my, my podcast really giving a background of the law. Mm -hmm. And it was a good thing for me. You know, I talked about the Constitution. Mm -hmm. I talked about separation of powers. I talked about how tort law began. I talked about the differences between state law and mm -hmm. federal law. And then I explained, you know, I, I gave like a, it would have been my first probably six sessions would have been perfect for somebody in first year law school mm -hmm. or somebody who's thinking about going to law school because I really gave a, a primer on that, which was a good thing for me. But I think sometimes some folks really want to understand, you know, why things happened and how things work. And so that information is out there for, for those folks. Generally, I, I will cover topics. Uh, for instance, if I'm going to cover you know, a question like what is medical malpractice, mm -hmm. I will I will give folks the initial brief overview. Mm -hmm. And if they want to quit listen to the podcast there, they'll have their question answered. And then if they want to go into deeper content, they can hang on for a few more minutes in the podcast and we'll go deeper into the actual content or substantive issues. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I try to break it down uh, and I try not to use legalese, but I think sometimes folks have to understand why we as lawyers do things that we do. Mm -hmm. You know, in in my area of law, I know you're an entertainment law lawyer, but in my area of law, this whole social media stuff mm -hmm. is just becoming such a problem. We are getting inundated with discovery requests and people and insurance companies and defense lawyers trying to get into people's Facebook and everything like that. And the general public really doesn't think about that. So with those types of content and 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 the substance for in those types of cases, mm -hmm. I go pretty deep and explain to them, these are what some of the courts are doing. Mm -hmm. So at least they understand that if they go and put stuff on social media, that they're opening up their whole life <laughs> to the world. The classic case of the person who shows up in court wearing the cervical collar, but uh, went water skiing last weekend and <laughs> had the photos to prove it on Facebook. <laughs> or a case that I had a, a number of years ago where a guy, you know, claimed that he had this neck injury and had a neck surgery and you see him holding in front of his boat like a 50 pound fish yeah you know or 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 the or the or the girl who claims a neck injury and she's on facebook and she's doing upside down margaritas in mm -hmm. las vegas <laughs> i mean <laughs> so do, it, do you do you tell your clients that you sort of expect them to to attend to this stuff and listen to your show or or are you giving it to them is the content available to them in other formats like transcriptions or anything like that uh, I do have transcripts mm -hmm. and I, you know, I do have video and a lot of times I'll answer questions by sending them a link. Got it. Okay, cool. Do you find that you have a, a sort of a regular audience of listeners or is this mostly people who find you when, because they have an injury and they've searched for a particular term or because they're a client of you and you've referred them to the show? I don't think I have a regular audience. I don't think this is the type of content where I would have a regular audience. So unlike I, a lot of podcasts where that seems to be sort of the goal is build up a big audience, here you're using it in a slightly different way. It's more of a, of a resource library for your clients. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you know, I just don't see – I mean – I, I wouldn't listen to a personal injury law podcast un, unless I had a, an issue. And, you know, even, for instance, your podcast, Entertainment Law, yeah. the only time that I would be driven to that was if I had an entertainment law issue. Sure, sure. You know, so I would probably consume or, or batch consume mm -hmm. 
Got, get the information that I that I leave and then yeah. probably move on. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, my show is actually directed at other lawyers who are either practicing in the area or interested in practicing in the area. And it actually started out as a CLE course. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we do a, a monthly, for those who don't know, a monthly update on new stories and case decisions in the field of entertainment law. So, yeah, it would only really be interested, interesting to people who already have that interest uh, going and as I always say, you know, you, like, as you said, you wouldn't listen to a per- personal injury podcast in, unless you had an injury or it was what you do. And uh, you know, my sort of running line is: if you're going to do, if you do, if you're a lawyer who does motorcycle accident cases, don't talk about accidents; talk about motorcycles and attract an audience that way. But here, you are really you're talking about the injury and the accident and how the court cases proceed. And so, I like that idea of a resource library. I think it's another. Uh, innovative use of this medium and technology. So thank you. But, but to tell you the truth, you're not going to see me at Podcast Movement on on the day of saying I get fifteen thousand downloads a month, <laughs> or right, right. a week, or an episode, because mm-hmm. that's not the type of content that I have. What I what my goal is to put out good, informative mm-hmm. information that that people can either take bite size to digest. And, and my goal is to educate my ideal client. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the fact is, and the truth is, Gordon, we, uh, you know, when we put ourselves out there, especially when we're litigation uh, attorneys, mm-hmm. everything that we put out there, I don't care what the judge tells the jury, yeah. they are going home and they are Googling me and they are looking at my videos and they are listening to my podcasts. And if I can put good information out there, I've just gained a ton of credibility, which helps my client. That's fantastic. Yeah. Have you ever encountered a situation where opposing counsel objected to something that you have on the internet or, you know, I mean, the jury's not supposed to go do this stuff, of course, but have you ever encountered that situation? Or, or? I have not, but in this, in this, right now I'm in my Northwest Indiana mm-hmm. office. You know, I practice chiropractic up here for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've had motions in limine all the time that the jury should not know that I'm a physician. And I can't tell you on how many jury venaris yeah. I've had patients. So that, that has always come out. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I had a patient who actually the defense counsel left on the jury. And I said, that's going to be a great thing. And you want to know something? He was actually probably harder on my client <laughs> because he wanted to overcome this perceived bias. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So tell me a, bit, a little bit about workflow and how you prep for the show, your, your process. I mean, you've given me a little bit of that, but do you, do you do a lot of sort of writing for the, the ones you do solo or more extemporaneous? It depends upon the subject. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll write out my first paragraph just to get into the flow and then use bullet points. Yeah. Sometimes I'll take a couple of blog posts and use those as, as a basis for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I usually will do my uh, episode, if it's not an interview episode, on Saturdays. Because okay. that's when I have the time. Mm-hmm. I, will, uh, I will record it into the digital voice recorder. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take the uh, sim. I'll take the um, SSD card, mm-hmm. and I'll put it into my Mac, and I'll put it into Alphonic, and I will uh, edit it. Okay. And then I, uh, excuse me. I use um, what do I use? I use whichever the Adobe product is. Uh, Audition. 
I use Audition, mm -hmm. and then I, I mix down an Audition, just the WAV file, mm -hmm. and then I take it up on the internet and take it to Authonic yeah. and let it uh, handle all the, uh, the noise issues, mm -hmm. which there's usually not a lot, but the fluctuations in the voice, it levels things out. Yeah, sure. And then I'll convert it in Authonic to an MP3, mm -hmm. and then I'll upload it to Lipson. Okay. And then I'll put it in my blog post. Sure. Do you know, just this is a little tip for you and, and the listeners, did you know that you can actually tell Auphonic to uh, upload it automatically to Libsyn? And because Auphonic can also attach the uh, the artwork and do the metadata, it's sort of a one-stop workflow. Once it's up to Auphonic, um, you'll get an email saying, okay, it's in your Libsyn account now. <laughs> and worth. so that's where I have a problem, Gordon, because I tried that, <laughs> oh, okay. and I and there was a problem, but I couldn't troubleshoot it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no shortage of consultants out there that can help you get that set up. If I'm sure, if, I'm if sure, you like. But uh, you sort of having your hands on every step of the process has its uh, uh, its merits as well, of course. So, um, so the big objection for everybody I talk to about podcasting is the time amount. You know the the how much of your time goes into putting the show together. So how much of your time goes in? If it's a, a 10 minute show, mm -hmm. it's probably 40, 45 minutes. Okay. Four to one ratio. Yeah. If it's a, you know, if it's a interview, I will edit my interviews. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I'm sort of, I'm sort of weird. I don't like spaces. I don't like breaths. I don't like those things. So I will. So sometimes that might take a little bit longer, mm -hmm. But because I use Alphonic, I don't actually have to do anything to level the differences in, the, in my interviewees versus my voice. Mm -hmm. Alphonic will do all that. Sure. So I don't, you know, maybe an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. Okay. And that's about once a week? That's once a week. Okay. Uh, in February, I was driving up from, from Florida and I got stuck on I-65 outside of Louisville <laughs> in, uh, for 18 hours oh my. in a snowstorm. Me and my dog and I. So I had my, my, my podcasting stuff out there yeah. and uh, I just uh, – I spent I did two podcasts while I was doing it. I just plugged it right, right. into the uh, digital voice recorder and one of the podcasts was I explained about the accident and whether you can hold the state of Kentucky liable. So I talked about sovereign immunity. Mm-hmm. If I was going to freeze to death during the <laughs> during the eighteen hours in the snowstorm, you were in the so, car the whole eighteen hours. Yeah, eighteen oh, hours. Oh yeah. my, okay. Well, that that's so that's great. So you're taking your your current personal experience and turning it into something, and uh, very cool, very cool. So, why do you think podcasting is an effective tool for what you're doing with it? Well, you know, I don't know that podcasting is an effective tool. Okay. I'm hoping that it is an effective tool. I know that podcasts resonates with somebody like me. Uh -huh. So if I would hurt myself mm -hmm. or if I need to go ahead and learn something, I would download, for instance, if I needed to learn something about entertainment law, if I had an issue, I would probably download and, and batch listen to 15 or 20 of your issue, of your, okay. of your sessions or episodes while I'm driving or while I'm running. So what I think about podcasts, it's a great way to deliver information. Even though I do a lot of videos, I will never sit in front of a, a, 
computer or a TV and watch a video. I'm an audio learner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even when I studied for the bar exam, I did it on audio tapes on the treadmill. Yeah. So I think for somebody who has a learning style like me and somebody who's, who's in, who wants the information, I want to put it out there. And I believe it's going to pay off. Are you finding, are you hearing from uh, uh, clients and people that they are listening to the show and getting feedback? I do get feedback. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So favorite moment from your podcasting experience? Oh, wow. That's tough. <laughs> um, probably some of my favorite moments have been some of the interviews that I've done because it, it's great interacting, especially in a room with with somebody because you're able to play off of their body mechanics and their mannerisms. So, uh, you know, getting together with somebody and just like we're having a cup of coffee and we're, we're shooting it, you know, we're just, Mm -hmm. we're just talking and somebody who would be listening to the podcast would just be like listening over our shoulder to find out what we believe about things. And that's what I think so good about podcasts, especially if you want to go into in-depth information. Mm-hmm. Is that um, are most of the people you interview people you already know from your practice and from your work, or are you able to leverage it to meet new people? Well, I can leverage it to meet new people. I, I have on a couple of occasions, but right now I'm just interviewing folks that I know because I know so many people yeah, sure. who have uh, information that I think would be would assist folks who have been involved in personal injury accidents. Okay, great. So, what about the worst nightmare? Have you had the <laughs> the the epic fail moment yet? I have. I, I interviewed a, a doctor, uh-huh. and then I couldn't find the. The raw footage, I couldn't find it on the SSD. I don't know if I went ahead and actually taped over it or recorded over it or, or whatever. I, I, I couldn't find it. And I looked for it for hours and I was so aggravated. I went to his office. He took time off and we had a, a really good interview. It was about a 45-minute interview and then I couldn't find it. Wow. <laughs> that hurts. It does. <laughs> Did you ever re-record, or did you just sort of give up on that one? Well, not with him yet. Okay, got it. Um, so, young lawyer comes into um, for some mentoring with you and is asking, "Okay, what are the things I should do as I'm getting my practice off the ground? Is is podcasting going to make the list?" Yes, I think that I think you need to repurpose your content. So, I think if you write a blog, you do a video, and you do podcast or audio, mm-hmm. and that you, you're actually putting your information in three different categories because some people are kinesthetic, some people are visual Mm -hmm. and some people audio people. So I I think it would just be great. Okay. And any advice that you would give to somebody who's just getting started with podcasting about, about the process or the technology? Absolutely. They need to, they need to flatten the learning curve. Don't wait, don't waste your time. Just, just going on, on YouTube or something and trying to watch people do it. They need to, I would always join a course like mm-hmm. similar to yours. Your course wasn't around when I, yeah. when I did this, but you would just save so much time just learning the proper equipment. You know, there are folks out there who like try to get people to buy thousands of dollars worth of equipment because they're affiliate affiliate sales. Sure. You know, so if you if you have somebody that will help flatten the learning curve, you can get into this relatively for a modest expense and have some audio that actually sounds good. You know, for my first podcast, my audio sounded pretty good. Yeah. 
because I just followed those directions. Yeah. Let's just tell our listeners, you know, you're, you're talking into that ATR, you said 5,000, whatever model it is. Yes. Um, you know, that's about, about a $60 microphone. Yeah, so I think they were about 60 some odd dollars a piece. Yeah, and it's plugged right into your computer for Skype, and we've got a very clean connection, which is not always the case, but <laughs> I've been pretty fortunate in that regard. And, you know, I think your end of the call sounds as good as mine, and, uh, you know, we have a nice clean sound. I think that's something that is achievable for somebody with little more than that $60 microphone and a laptop computer. And so, um, you know, yeah, that's my my approach is, is let's show you how to do it on the cheap. And then if you want to expand and grow and, and get into playing with more fancier toys, <laughs> you know, I can show you how to do that too. But uh, I'm interested in seeing people start and get it done and, and get out there. So, Well, the other thing that I would recommend is I was sure to make sure I hardwire my computer when I'm doing Skype. Yeah. I do not, I do not use wireless. It just causes a, a problem. That's a great point. Thank you for that. So, so you have, uh, I find that you really have to be, you know, use an ethernet mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or, or some type of, uh, you know, landline type sure. of. And, and those personal digital recorders are, are really a great tool. If you're you know going to be doing a solo thing, um, it's a nice way to get a nice clean sound where you have some control and, and, uh, you don't need the computer buzzing away in the background with fans and things like that. So that's a nice feature too. Well, you need, but you, you do need to boost your audio because mm -hmm. you can't boost it with the gain because mm -hmm. then you do get the hum. So you need to have a preamp, whether you're going to actually, yeah. you know, whether you're actually going to use a mixer or a preamp like I have, which is like a hundred dollar piece yeah. of equipment you, you do. Otherwise you, you do hear that hum in the background. Okay. Good tip. Good tip. Because you have to, because like when you use the, the H4N, mm -hmm. when you use the uh, preamp, you have to use phantom power. Right. You know, so that actually, you know, more of a chance. Anytime you have more stuff, mm -hmm. you have more of a chance to hear all this garbage. Sure. Okay. Well, anything I have not asked you that you think is relevant and, and valuable information? Well, I think anybody who, who wants to get out there and should start a podcast. And, and I think, you know, if you, if you ask somebody to interview them, most people will say yes because people have a story to tell and people like to talk about themselves. That's terrific. All right. Well, thank you. This has been a fantastic interview, Guy, and I appreciate your taking the time out of your busy schedule to do it. I'm sure the listeners are as similarly grateful. So thank you for joining me. Tell the listeners how they can find you if they have questions or interest and want to hear your show. Well, my show can be found on my website at michigancityinjurylaw.com under the tab podcast, or you can find it on iTunes, the Personal Injury Law Podcast. Or you can always shoot me an email to guy at dpjustice.com. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. If you ever need somebody to talk to regarding an issue, you can always give me a buzz. Okay. Well, I'm going to say thank you also to our listeners for joining us for this episode and ask that you take a moment to send us your comments and your suggestions on the website over at lawpodcaster.com. And if you would be so kind as sending us a review in the iTunes store, that would be most welcome. And that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you are interested in podcasting for your practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com. I'll send you my free law podcasting resource guide. And uh, the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course is available now. And if you join the list, you'll receive some information about that as well. And until next time, I'd like to say, keep on podcasting. Keep on podcasting.